Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Who are our two favorite sound bites in the NFL, gents? Mike Tomlin. That's one. And Jerry Jones. Hey, hey, we've got fresh sound bites from both. Hey. The Rich Eisen Show. We expect him to have a serious love. Well, you know, Claypool plays wide out, and I'll let him do that. Today's guests. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, founder of the QB Summit. Jordan Palmer, Michigan center Andrew Vistardis, former Pro Bowl linebacker Ryan Shazier, plus producer and DJ Steve Aoki. And now, it's Rich yes. Are we here on a big Wednesday? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah, uh, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, are, are are we still in a, in a terrific mood? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Am I using the royal we? Absolutely using that right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm still on cloud nine, sitting right here on the set of the Rich Eisen Show in Los Angeles, California, joined by uh, Chris Brockman. Good to see you over there, Christopher. Great to be seen, Rich. Good to see you over there, TJ Jefferson, in your spot. How are you, sir? Good Rich, to see you. I saw Seth, I saw Steph Curry. Shoot two air balls yesterday. Yep. And I can't. I can't. What? I can't get over it. And good to see you, Mike Del Tufo, back in your spot after missing you, yesterday's show. Perfect timing. Uh, now that hey, he's Mikey? back after, uh, I think he was the one who was uh, catering Brian Kelly's flight from <laughs> yes. Los Angeles back <laughs> to South Bend uh, on the way to uh, LSU. I think yeah, that's was... what you were doing. Yep. Oh, yeah. You missed some of the shrapnel I sent in the direction of Notre Dame yesterday, and I'm just firing left, right, uh, up and down. That but, but before we get to that, uh, let's let's talk a little bit of basketball since you brought it up. Oh, yeah. You brought it up. Oh, oh, I mean, uh, there is a team in the NBA that has won 17 consecutive basketball games, yeah. right? And uh, that's your, your Phoenix Suns, who, who look to have all they could handle in the form of uh, – uh, of Jordan Poole, uh, <laughs> right? Because you were saying that Steph was a little bit off last night, tag. right? Uh, Otto Porter was giving him all he could handle. Yeah, Gary business. Payton the second does not see a rim he doesn't want to jam the ball straight through on. <laughs> and so things are going well. But uh, a turnover-itis for the uh, Golden State Warriors last night. And then, man, the Phoenix Suns, despite losing Devin Booker to a hamstring injury... And uh, I thought of you because I know you have him in fantasy, Christopher. <laughs> yeah. uh, but despite you losing him halfway through, um, Chris like Paul like big game too. is so damn good. Oh. And DeAndre Ayton is so damn good. And the defense just smothered the Golden State Warriors. Smothered them. Like very rarely do you watch Ooh. the Warriors ever, let alone this year, you know, when they went entered last night winning 18 of their first 20, right? Um, and so, 
very rarely do you see that they were out of options, but they seem to be out of options last night. And um, the Phoenix Suns have won 17 in a row. They play each other again on Friday, so that'll be a lot of fun. I hope that Devin Booker somehow can get his hamstring together between now and then. But when you hear hamstrings, that usually means some time that yeah. you need to have off. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was, a, that was a, a fun game. That was a fun game to watch last night. Um, some crazy stuff that happened, like a couple air balls by Steph Curry. Also, uh, when um, uh, Jay Crowder nailed not one but two three-pointers yeah. towards the end of that game to really put things uh, in, in, in good stead for the Suns, uh, Monty Williams thought for sure Steve Kerr was going to call a timeout. He just strolled onto the court thinking that there was a timeout coming and he was going to talk to his team. But no, Kerr, Kerr kept play going and... Monty Williams got teed up. I don't think I've ever oh. seen that as a head coach. Just thought, okay, we're, we're on such a roll. I mean, my counterpart has no choice but to call timeout. Of course he's going to call timeout right now. The crowd's going crazy. I'm just going to do my Phil Jackson ambling out to the center of my side of the court. They should have gave him a pass. They teed him up. I know. I thought to myself, come on. What do you think? He's just, he's just like waving hello to everybody. Hey, we're up by six now. Hey, That's you know, like funny. I've never seen anything like that. And then he also... Monty Williams really ripped into his uh, staff behind the bench when they told him to challenge uh, a, a block charge situation that clearly was not going to be overturned. It really was just a wild affair last night. Mm. Um, and and kind of that was fun to watch. And then while we're on the subject of, uh, of, of basketball, and I'm, as you know, I'm, I'm feeling myself this week. <laughs> I've been writing a lot of checks. You've enjoyed it. Oh, it's been okay. great. I've seen on my uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram accounts, folks are enjoying it. Even Ohio State fans are saying, hey, you know, uh, I enjoy. You go, you go, Rich. You deserve yeah, one. We'll give you once in a while, and I keep on re- responding. I, I, I don't care if it's once in a while right now. I'm, it's one of one, right? Yeah, right. I hit that penthouse button on the elevator. I'm enjoying Ooh. the ride up top. So while I'm on that roll, let me keep rolling right now. Let's go. Chris Rockman. Hey, Rich. Hey. Uh-oh. Do you want the professional oh. or unprofessional version of uh, Duke's loss to the Ohio State University in basketball last night? Which one do you want? Top of the show. Which one do you want? We're, we're getting things going on a good note. Yes. I want professional. Okay, oh. let's go professional first. Here we go. Boy, does uh, Coach K appear to have a top-notch team to say goodbye with, right? Like, this guy uh-huh. has got it all working right now. Well, he's he's ready for an Elway, Ray Lewis, Strahan, Jerome Bettis, yeah. John Elway, all rolled up into one farewell. He's ready for that. I'm walking, I'm cutting a net, and I'm out. Peace. But, you know, it's a long season. Long season. And Ohio State came up with a nice run at the end of a game where it did not appear that they, they were going to have that in them last night. And so you can't win them all, but it sure does look to me like Coach K is really going to go out on a high note. And we should all, in the Duke-hating world, get ready for that, right? <laughs> I mean, we should all get ready for that uh, to come. And if anybody deserves that sort of send-off with the ability to do it one more time and then get sent, it's a guy like Coach K, right? I think that's the professional way to handle that game last night. Ready? Okay, Rich. Yes, now you want the... Can you go ahead and give us the, the unprofessional? non-professional okay, take? Here we go. Ready yeah. for this one? This is going to be great. Here we go. <laughs> hey, Buckeye fans. Welcome to being a basketball school. <laughs> Welcome. Wow. wow. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, you got a good basketball team. Hey, it's basketball season, right? You just, what a great way to kick off basketball season since, you know, you kind of had to turn the page to that on Saturday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm feeling really chesty this week. I feel like these Buckeye fans have been telling us this, you know, since Juwan came back and started winning basketball games after Beeline was winning basketball games throughout this entire run of me eating poop sandwiches from this <laughs> desk. The response I got from that state down south, whatever I want to call them, the, uh, the, the, the state that uses the red X's instead of the letter M. Number of times I kept saying, hey, at least you're winning basketball games. You're a basketball school now. So I guess that's now the same thing I get to say. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Yeah? Technically, uh, I know we're putting everything in a small sure, little box sure. right now. Hey. But right now, this box is my sure. box. <laughs> it's my sandbox. And I'm playing it. And, and it's so fun. Each day gets better even when they lose i get to win every day and even when they win i win even when i lose i win yeah so i've heard that so often i hear it in march and april right when Juwan went on those runs last couple of years and Beeline made it to the Final Fours and even the final game, I got to hear it all the time. Hey, you're basketball school now. Hey, at least you got that, right? Huh? Because you didn't do it in November against us. Huh? At least you got that. Hey, Ohio State, good win against Duke. Enjoy the basketball season. Fresh. <laughs> this is just great. <laughs> Brockman, get your man. Well, yesterday we were wondering if his week could get any better. And it has. Get it's getting better. Man. Get your man, get he your says. Man. I'm your man too, sir. And you are mine. We are each we are each each other's men. That's my man's in them. It's getting better. How great is this? No. That's my man right there. Thank you. Amazing. So now. Uh, Brian Kelly on the Dan Patrick show today told his story. Again, we heard from Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports yesterday when he was on the show saying that, that the, the day he decided to accept LSU's offer to be head coach of their program, he was recruiting in Los Angeles, California mm-hmm. on behalf of Notre Dame football. That's what he told us. And we're like, say what? Well, let's say what? what? <laughs> Come again. So Dan Patrick had... Brian Kelly on today and asked him about the timeline. And here it is. So you're recruiting as Notre Dame's head coach. Get on a plane. En route back to South Bend. You find out that this deal has been solidified. Yes, sir. Wow. True story. Was, who was on the plane with you? Uh, my my uh, attorney. That's smart. <laughs> That's smart. Well, yeah. okay. Yeah, and that, two pilots. That and would be pilots. the heads up, though. If your attorney yeah. is on the flight, Coach, that's not your well, normal recruiting could, trip. No, I know, but we picked him up at the airport because it, it already was starting to leak out. <laughs> so you land, and all of a sudden you're no longer Notre Dame's head coach, and now you have I to, resigned. Oh, my God. And then, what, an hour and a half later, you get your kids together? 
Yes. Yeah, we had sent out a text before we left Orange County and then um, and uh, let them know that we would have a 7 a.m. team meeting. Did you follow up with the recruits to say, hey, if you're not interested in Notre Dame, uh, you can join me in LSU? Of course not, Dan. Of course not. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I'm talking to Judge Judy now. I would do that. <laughs> hey, wait, I mean, that's are you not, kidding me? That's, that's Lincoln that's, Riley's bringing players who decommitted to Oklahoma. Well, Lincoln, Lincoln can do what Lincoln wants to do. Brian Kelly's going to do what he does. So that was the uh, back and forth there this morning, and uh, his seven a.m. If the if Brian Kelly really wanted to do his players a solid out the door, he'd push it to like nine a.m., ten a.m. But he's just he's just going to deliver a speech that we've already read and seen online that right. that was about four minutes in length, and then and then so many people are saying then he just walked out, didn't take any questions. Which is, what else is there to say? There's nothing else to say. And I know he's going to get a ton of heat, and is getting a ton of heat for all of that stuff. Certainly since. You know, as I pointed out yesterday, uh, Mike, you were gone. Uh, you weren't here. As I pointed out yesterday, feeling my oats this week, because this is my week, really, uh, <laughs> that Notre Dame's head coaching position is now officially a stepping stone from Cincinnati to, uh, to LSU. And there's also a, uh, a video that LSU put out yesterday morning, uh, yesterday morning, just after he spoke to his team, a hype video uh, of Brian Kelly talking about how, you know, terrific this job is using all the pundits in the sports world about how terrific this job is another way to point out it is a stepping stone and that's tough for everyone to swallow in notre dame country and it's tough for a lot of college football fans to swallow without any sort of um fandom in the direction of notre dame because you've got to sit there and think about all of the players in that room who followed this man to the school who bought what he was selling and all I will say is this. Don't get angry at Brian Kelly. Don't get angry at Lincoln Riley either. Right. You turned down those terms. Lincoln Riley got private jets for his yeah. family. He got his house bought by USC right. a half million dollars over market value. Two houses, right? Yeah, right? Because they are currently building one. Yeah. 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 They got it all bought off. Okay, you go home and you tell your spouse, hey, guess what? Our mortgage is paid. No, don't take that job. And he got a $6 million house in town. Don't take that job. Don't take that job. Please don't take that job. I don't want to move the kids out of school, which, by the way, might be a conversation that is had between spouses, which makes it interesting that Lincoln Riley said his deal was done in eight hours. (laughs) That's a spousal conversation that might take a little longer than eight hours, but we'll we'll take everything at face value, (laughs) even though that face and the value is, is sketchy. Don't get angry at them. Get angry at the school presidents and the NCAA that sets up something like December 15th for an early signing period that makes all of these schools go hunting for somebody else's coaches in the middle of a season. These, these deals, there's no way these deals get done like that. And I, I understand that a lawyer's on a plane, an attorney's on a plane. That's because he's going over the fine print with the coach. There's a lot of fine print in these things. They don't just, these aren't boilerplate. They don't just come out of nowhere. But they have to be planned in advance. Uh-huh. So, Brian Kelly, he's leaving his team right in the outset of a national championship possibility. Well, he's supposed to wait and see if he does make the national championship semifinal? Then what? And LSU will just sit back and wait for another month and then another two weeks after that in case he does go on a run? 
And maybe the guy that they want will think about, hey, maybe I do want to stay here. I just want a championship. And then you lose your guy. Or the guy's not going to sit there. I mean, honestly, it's an untenable scenario that is being set up by the people in charge of the sport that allows this stuff to happen. Member schools who are poaching other member schools and have to do it because there are kids to be gotten right now. And this is the sport that we all love and watch and sit for four hours. By the way, all people who used to complain how long NFL games are. We sit on a Saturday four hours and talk about how epic it is when five overtimes and a a two-point conversion festival at the end of a a three-and-a-half-hour game. Let me tell you something. Toughest part of Michigan-Ohio State this weekend for me was sitting through those four-minute-long commercial breaks that felt like ten minutes long. Okay? Kick, score, commercial break, kickoff commercial. Then we got to have a monster long halftime to put the bands out there. Oh, we sit through all of this and love it. And if you don't like this, I don't know, call your school president. If you're an alumni associate, call them up saying, how are we going to prevent this happening from our coach? So, my two cents on that. Was an NFL head coach reached out to by LSU or USC throughout this entire process? I want to know that. Ian Rappaport might. He might not. But I'm going to ask him. I also want to know about Dallas Cowboys. Who's playing for them tomorrow night? Who's playing for the Saints tomorrow night? Is Kamara going? Is Cooper going? Is Amari Cooper's got a cough, a bad cough still? He's still on the COVID list. Is he going? I don't think. What's going on with Aaron Rodgers' toe? Surgery not. Not surgery. Whatever. So we'll discuss all of that with Ian Rappaport. We do have a member of the University of Michigan uh, uh, offensive line who's a member now of the Rich Eisen Show, NIL, Gorilla Glue, toughest player on planet Earth deal. You knew that was coming. You had to know that oh. was coming. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Andrew Vistardis, the center of that Michigan offensive line, is our glue guy this week. We'll chat with him at the end of this hour. Jordan Palmer's in studio, the man who is the quarterback consultant for Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. He's got Cade McNamara and Desmond Ritter in his in his college client list. And there might be two national championship semifinalist quarterbacks. Devin McCourty of the Patriots. Ryan Shazier's got a book out, and Steve Aoki will join us in you. We've got a full guest list, a full lineup. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. Boom. Let's hit it. You are listening and watching this Ohio State's a basketball school edition (laughs) of the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on our terrestrial radio affiliate network with Peacock and Sirius XM. My colleague from the NFL Media Group back here on the Rich Eisen Show with the latest as we get set for week 13 kicking off tomorrow night on the triple cast on NFL Network, Amazon Prime, and of course Fox between the Cowboys and Saints. Ian Rappaport back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Ian? I'm a little confused. Why? Um, I, to me, isn't it obvious how good of a job LSU is? I mean, Notre Dame is a is a definitely a good job historically. Like, if you believe in pomp and circumstance and name recognition and all of that, like mm. Notre Dame would be a cool job to have had. But as far as like having the opportunity to win a national championship, like isn't it obvious that LSU is much better? I mean, they have the entire state of Louisiana, which is a talent-rich state to themselves. It is a highly recognizable name. They have incredible facilities. They have a great fan base. You get to eat gumbo all the time. Um no, and, it's and, one of the best jobs in the country. No, and 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 in terms of putting a football team together, uh, I imagine you know, with all due respect, and I know you have an SEC background, Ian Rappaport, yeah. um, that um, with all due respect to whoever this individual is, I imagine if you're comparing provosts, the LSU provost compared to Notre Dame's is like a turnstile compared to Notre Dame's. So when you're trying to you get just as far as the academic. Oh, uh, yeah. When you're when you're being oh. told you can get that kid in and you can't get that kid in. I'm sure LSU is just like, bring it. What do you got? You know, and Notre Dame's like, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's so many different ways that Brian Kelly can build a championship team that he hasn't been able to or found a lot of headwinds attempting to at Notre Dame. I imagine. I mean, that's got to be part of the allure as well for him to go. You know, yeah, I mean, and and he's come close to Notre Dame. I mean, he's been in the been in the playoffs three of the last four years, probably right. So, I mean, he's definitely had good teams, but like Les Miles won a national championship at LSU. No, I, I I know that. My my point about all this is Ian. Because again, no offense, you know, Michigan man. I know. No, no, no. Because uh, you know, my my college yours is Alabama, correct? Ian Rappaport, right? You've spent some time uh, in Alabama. Well, no, I mean, I. I I went to Columbia, but I right. covered Mississippi State, right. where my lovely wife went, which is the right. team I root for. Now I covered Alabama for right. three years. So you've been there. I feel like I have a fairly intricate knowledge. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. Correct. So, um, yes, yes. so uh, my my I guess hub is the Midwest, and anybody who's been rooting for college football in the Midwest or went to school there in the Midwest, the number of times you'd run into Notre Dame fans and they would tell you that they're just different. 
they're separate from everybody else. They are, even though we're competing against each other for recruits and on occasion on the football field. Oh, my goodness gracious. This, they're different. They're better. They even have a higher power <laughs> that we don't have, right? So you'd hear that. So to see a coach basically pass Newt Rockney and then look around the landscape and get more money and then a better spot like that, this is no, what we would call – this yeah, is what no. we in the Midwest would call a field day moment for, for us is what I'm saying, Ian. You yeah, know what I mean? I mean, I, and, I, and look, I feel like I can be as petty as anyone. <laughs> I respect the pettiness. Oh, I'm on a petty tour I'm right really now. <laughs> I mean, it's just petty palooza with me right now, uh, Ian, this week. You're Tom Petty. Oh, he's yeah. having Tom Petty. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all the – Richard, I'm, 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 uh, name a petty. Uh, Lori Petty. Uh, g- give me a petty. That's who I yeah, am Lori this week. Petty. Lori yeah, Petty. Yeah, she was in uh, she was in Point Break, right? Yeah, yep, yep. I'm thinking of. Ian Rappaport, yeah. everybody. Great. Thank you, girl. Information, man. All right, let's get to the, 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 I guess, the NFL part of this. It, was an NFL coach reached out to by LSU or USC at all? Did, did Tomlin really have a tire kicked, or that was just a, a wish list and all that? <laughs> I mean, I, I would say I, I have no idea whether or not he really did, but the, the problem with reporting on colleges like the interest of college programs is that it is not like an NFL program where the owner reaches out to the agent and starts a dialogue. Like in the NFL, if you have interest, like the owner calls the coaching agent, they have some back channel or they have not back channel background conversations in November and December. You kind of start the process and you go from there in college. Like, let's just say for instance, that Oklahoma was interested in Cliff Kingsbury. Let's just say that. Um, Well, the way it works is, the relative of a booster or the high school friend of a booster reaches out to a high school coach that knows Cliff Kingsbury well. He goes, hey, man, like, would you be, would your guy be interested? And he goes, I don't know. Like, let me run it by two different people. And then they tell someone, and that someone else tells Kingsbury, and then he either says yes or no. Like, that's the way it works in college. So I would imagine, because there's no, like, official dialogue until you're basically getting ready to give a guy a job. Like, it's not a real interview process. It's like an anointing process. So, you know, I would imagine that every major college opening reached out to several NFL coaches, including NFL coaches with college backgrounds. It seems like they all got to know, and then everybody's moving forward. Well, how do you think the price tags for Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly at USC and LSU, respectively, will affect the price tags for head coaches in the NFL? Because, I mean, the Brian Kelly deal that he got, uh, just in terms of terms and dollars, um, and it looks just like the Gruden deal that we were all wondering why the Raiders bestowed on John, right, a couple of years ago with the right. tenure and the dollars. That's what you're seeing right now from LSU. And, you know, you throw in a couple of bought houses and private jets for Lincoln Riley, and suddenly do you think some NFL head coaches today are going, what's up with that? You think? Yeah, I mean, maybe um... – you know, the college contracts have always been weird. They've always been insanely long-term because if they're not long-term, then someone recruits against you, and it's like, this guy's not staying there forever. So some genius came up with the idea, we're just going to lock these guys in for 10 years. You know, Mel Tucker gets a 35-year contract, but, like, can get out kind of whenever he wants. Like, so the contracts are all, it's real money, but it's, the contracts are all fake. You can get out of any of them. Um, I, the NFL contracts aren't like that. Because I think if you're an NFL coach, like, let's say you're, okay, let's say you're Cliff Kingsbury, right? You have one more year left, and then you have an option year. You don't want a long-term deal. You'd rather a short-term deal. 
Kingsbury is getting ready to make a lot of money. I think, I mean, he really is. So, like, he'd rather a short-term deal where he can re-up rather than a 10-year deal where that's what he's getting. All right, that's twice you've mentioned his name. Is he interested in any of these jobs, Ian? Kingsbury? No. Okay. No. All right. Why do why does Urban Meyer's name keep coming up? Because we all just like talking about him, and um, and his he now has yeah. as many losses in in his first uh, eleven games as head coach of the Jaguars he had in the entire time at Ohio State. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Huh? Um, the reason we're talking about Urban Meyer is because we want to talk about Urban Meyer. Okay, and I think that's what happens a lot of times with these things. Like you know, first of all, again, let's just play the the. the make-believe game or whatever. Let's just say Urban Meyer is interested in one of these jobs. Let's say he's interested in Notre Dame. So they are not going to wait until mid-January or the first week of January to hire. It is not going to happen. They'd lose an entire recruiting class. In college, that is currency. It will never happen. No one waits. So for Urban Meyer to leave the Jaguars for Notre Dame, he would have to leave now, right now, take the job, give his players the finger on the way out, give them the Petrino, I think is the proper term. <laughs> write a little letter and put it in their lockers or whatever it is, and then that would be it. And, and his reputation would be ruined for a long time. Petrino never got over it. I mean, he got money, he got a lot of money, but he never got over his reputation as a complete, you know, whatever. Um, I don't see anyone in the NFL doing that. I really don't. Ian Rappaport here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about the Cowboys and the Saints. Who do you think – is going to be active and inactive for that one as we're close to 24 hours of kickoff? Um, so let's start with the Cowboys. You know, it doesn't sound we'll – see, we'll see if he practices today, but it does not sound great for Amari Cooper. Um, he is unvaccinated. He had COVID. He is still having symptoms. And it does seem like the players, just judging from their own interviews, the players who are not vaccinated who get COVID do seem to get hit very hard, and it sounds like Amari Cooper got hit very hard. Um, you know, is he ready to play a game after being out 10 days, having no conditioning, and still being sick? Seems far-fetched to me, so that, that doesn't seem great. Um, CeeDee Lamb does seem like he's going to play. Uh, I would expect him to come off the injury report today's Wednesday. Uh, today. Um, so that is good news. As far as the quarterback, I would expect it to be Taysom Hill, uh, who got first-team reps this week in practice. Um, and who maybe kickstarts the offense or maybe they realize not. Now we'll get some, some players back, um, but not all of them. Is, Cam- then, is, uh, Cam- is, is Camaro one of those players that comes back, you think, for the Saints? You know, we'll see on the injury report today, but I don't get a great feeling on Camaro. I really don't. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's banged up. He's got his knee. It's been a while. Like he's still limited. Anything's possible, but I just – I don't feel very good about it, no. I guess Cedric Wilson's another one because we're talking about a yeah. depth chart. He, he he had an ankle injury despite having 100 yards receiving on Thanksgiving Day. Do, what do you think about him? Certainly if Cooper doesn't look like he's going to be able to go. You know? uh, I do not feel good things uh, about Cedric Wilson as well. Mm. So, I know he's been out the last two days. Um, I don't believe he's going to play. Wow. And, of course, Mike McCarthy's not going to be there. And Dan Quinn's coming down right. from the from the booth. They're really going to remove him from his his physical place of coordinating them. Uh, that's worked so well all year, so they can get him down on the field to run the show. Uh, I was a little surprised at that. Though. I am too, to be honest with you. I mean that 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 one kind of surprised me. 
Like you, I, I, I wouldn't want to touch the coordinators. That's what the Raiders did when Gruden uh, disappeared suddenly. That's but, what most people do. <laughs> you, you know, poof, poof, there goes Gruden. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, keep everything as the same as possible. I, and I don't mean to minimize the role of the head coach, but like. Game day responsibilities is some, but physically being on the sidelines is not like of the utmost importance. Like, what's the difference, right? Right. So, I don't know. I was I was a little surprised about that. Ian Rappaport here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. What is the scoop with Dalvin Cook? You were right in the middle of all that this week. Oh, yeah. What's going on with that? I mean, you, you report that his labrum's torn, uh, and Mike Zimmer says it's possible he plays this week. What's going on? Uh, I, I noted the comments of uh, esteemed head coach Mike Zimmer. Um, I like Mike Zimmer. He is uh, he has his viewpoint, and I have what I believe is uh, the facts according to a source, mm-hmm. several sources actually. Uh, torn labrum. He actually has another torn labrum, so he's got two torn labrums. Wow. Um, was playing with one of them, and you know does not sound like he is going to play for two weeks, which. Is bad, but on the other hand, like you see someone get carted off with what looks like a significant injury, and then they grab at an area that seems to be their peck. You know that's worrisome, extremely worrisome. The fact that it's a torn labrum and he could only miss two weeks, and then be back for I believe the Monday nighter against the Bears. I think is their game in three weeks. Mm-hmm. That's really good. So you know nothing great, but certainly a much better situation than it could have been. And uh, what's the scoop with Rogers' toe? Uh, is it true? Like, I, I mean, I, you hear surgery and you think, oh, my God, a foot surgery is significant. Um, and then he he says that it's possible he could have it on a Monday and he's playing on a Sunday and you could put nothing past him, you know. So what do you right. have? On I, that? I, I, he's right about the timing. So I was told no surgery, but they are going to follow up, basically, like he said, on Monday and just see. As of now, no surgery, just rest. They hope it heals by itself. If they got surgery, it would stabilize it and basically kind of make it immobile mm-hmm. um, and let it, let, you know, have that help the healing. But he's right. I mean, it would be, it sounds like a very quick and minor surgery, which, you know, it's like my dad always says, minor surgery is on somebody it's, else. It's right. um, but he would, if he had it on Monday, he would be fine to play on Sunday. And then what about uh, the Cardinals? We're just assuming they're coming off of a bye and it'll be Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and the good times rolling again. Is that the way it's trending in Arizona? That. Ow, I just punched my ceiling by accident. Sorry. Careful. Um, wow, what a ceiling. That must be very I, low for you, uh, Ian. I don't know what you mean, Rich. No, I'm just saying you punch a ceiling. I mean, I I, uh, I, I, I couldn't punch I couldn't punch the ceiling right here. You know? Are you in the car? Are you uh, in a car? No, I'm in my I'm roaming my my basement office. I got the flu vaccine today, so I'm I'm trying to do like circles with my left arm because that apparently makes it so it doesn't hurt. Okay. That actually works, but that's what they tell me. All right. Anyway. Okay, very good. I have a very low ceiling in my... Um, Are you questionable for Sunday? Is that what you're telling everybody right here? You're questionable for game day morning on Sunday or what? Uh, I, if we, don't have a prob- we don't have a probable designation anymore. Okay. So I would just say I will be off the injury report by Sunday. Okay, no designation whatsoever. Very good. Uh, what no, do you, no designation. What, do you, what, what are you, we talking about? You, we t- <laughs> Cardinals. Yes. yes. Cardinals. Yes. Um, I, it seems yes. like they're going in the right direction. I mean, I... We'll see what they're listed as, but I wouldn't be surprised if both these guys are full participants today, kind of paving the way for them to play on Sunday. And, you know, they withstood it, right? They had two of the top guys out. They went 2-1 and one with Colt McCoy. That is how you do it if you're an elite team in the NFL. All right, last one for you, Ian. Uh, how many coaching uh, um, vacancies do you think there's going to be 
It's now December 1st. Usually this is the time when we start to think about right. it because there's only a month left in the season. This time around, it's six weeks left in the season. So I'm front-loading the conversation. Where, how many coaching vacancies do you think there will be in the National Football League coming up? You know, usually it's the same number. Usually it's six to eight. I don't get any sense it would be less than usual. Um, no, I'm not sure the pool of candidates is so fantastic. But I would say six to eight is probably the ballpark there. I mean, you know, there'll be a surprise like always. Um, but I, I think it's going to be kind of like a usual year, would be my guess. All right, Ian. Thanks for, the, thanks, for the, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, sir. You be well. All right. Good stuff, Rich. Talk to you later. Right back at you. That's uh, at Rap Sheet. Six to eight. Let's yeah, do let's, it. Uh, let's talk um, this out. Bears. Yep. Raiders. Unless they go on a magical run and Rich Passaccia gets gets the gig, I don't know what Mark Davis is going to do. Yeah, there. yeah, who knows? Um, nowhere else in the AFC East, nowhere in the AFC South, right? Nowhere in the AFC North, unless you're assuming Urban gets bouncing over that third one is. You, you're looking at Denver, maybe, right? If Denver wins Maybe. this week, they're seven and five, and then you, you know, yeah. again, it's still a long way to go. So let's throw Denver in there just to, I mean, get closer to the number. Houston is it David Culley's fault? You, you know really I mean? think they're going to bounce David Culley one and done? No, I mean, I'm just trying to get to start again. I mean, I'm trying to get to the so number. Fair to him, I'm but trying I guess to get okay. To the so then let's in, you want to include him one and done him? Be, be like then why'd Dan you Cam- hire him? Dan Campbell? I don't know about that either. I don't know about that one either. And Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Always a surprise. And then you're talking about maybe Joe Judge could be one. I mean, there's a maybe. it's a stretch maybe. to get to six right now. I know. Because it would be a lot of red wedding type material right there. Yeah. Well, we still have six weeks. I don't see one in the uh, NFC South either. Unless Matt Rule goes to Notre Dame. Uh, you hear his name a lot. Why would he leave National Football? He's an owner loves him. And apparently. he got paid. I, I wouldn't paid. I wouldn't leave. Let's it. take a break. When we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show, we're going to give away glue and $1,000 to somebody who made me very happy, so it's only fair I can do the same with him. Coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the Rich Eisen Show. You knew this was going to happen, right? We begin with way glue all year long to people who deserve it. And who deserves it this week? Then the center of the University of Michigan offensive line. 41 carries, 297 yards, and six rushing touchdowns. Andrew Vistardis is a sixth-year walk-on. Jim Harbaugh said in his local radio show last night that he got, or a couple days ago, he got a text from John Madden telling him it was the greatest offensive line performance he's seen in football. Whoa. Wow. Yes. So, is our glue guy on the phone, Chris Brockman? Yeah, he is. And here he is, the man of the hour, getting ready to accept his glue and NIL check for $1,000 as the toughest player on planet Earth. Presented by Gorilla Glue here on the Rich Eisen Show. Give a round of applause. Andrew Vistardis, University of Michigan Center. Oh, yeah. What's up, Andrew? How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah, you're doing great. All right, let's get into this thing first here. Uh, it, you are a, you're a sixth-year senior who walked on to Michigan. That's a true story, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so walk me through... How, when, how did this all start for you, Andrew? Well, it all started when I was uh, little. My mom's family's from Michigan. I grew up in Virginia, though, so I was brainwashed by uh, that side of the family who loved <laughs> Michigan from a young age. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, through recruiting, it was always in the back of my mind that if I could come here, I would. And I got the opportunity to come here as a walk-on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, came here with big dreams, was definitely humbled a lot because of, you know, the past great D-line men playing scout team all those years. Right. But, uh, you know, just loved every minute of it, tried to make most of every opportunity one day at a time. And, uh, you know, building trust with the coaches and the players, and now it's just one big family. And I think, uh, you know, that trust is what's kind of fueled us this year, you know, and it's been a long time in the process, you know, so something good uh, always takes time to make of course no doubt about that so um when did you first walk on to campus then when would you first get to michigan what year oh uh, shoot uh 2016 okay so does yep. that mean you were there for my speech for my honorary captaincy andrew is absolutely it... <laughs> okay whoa wow so uh i i can't believe somebody's still around that long that's incredible so, uh, how 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 uh, how inspiring was I, Andrew? Let's be honest here. Let's make it about hey, me for moved. a quick second. Deeply moved. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Uh huh. Wow. Gosh darn it. So then, uh, I guess how how um, when when did things begin to turn? Where you realized I can actually become a starter on this team and get a C on my chest and start, uh, you know, and, and start blowing open holes for the University of Michigan's running game. What about that? Um, you know, kind of like I said, I just started trying to get better every day, especially going against such good D-line on scout time, a scout team, you know. I would uh, just take hits, but, you know, it's the little victories, and then just keep stacking those up. And, you know, big thing right here is consistency. I just tried to be consistent. And, you know, as that got better, I 
great uh, great players to play behind. You know, Caesar and Ben and so many other guys running, but um, and Mike and all those guys. But you know, kind of learning from them, watching them, and then you know, uh, once they left, it just came time for opportunity, and you know, just taking advantage of every opportunity. I mean, you know, the help that I've been here for so long, I know the playbook. <laughs> I would think pretty well, but I mean, just mm-hmm. you know really just giving it all I had every day. And I really just live by that because, you know, can't really waste this life. And this has been a big part of my life, football, for so long. So just taking advantage of every opportunity day to day and just enjoying the heck out of it. Van Drew for starters, the toughest player on planet Earth this week, University of Michigan Center, fresh off of beating Ohio State for the first time in his Six years uh, at the school right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, so let's let's get into that day w- when you woke up and you saw the snow and you got to the stadium. What what was the feeling like for you and the rest of your teammates that day where you knew this is a running day, this is a slate gray day, this is a, a Michigan versus Ohio State day? Walk me through that. Yeah, I mean, we woke up, got down to breakfast, and I like saw the other guys, and I knew we were dialed in. I knew... uh well, known all year this team's different, but, uh, you know, you see the snow, and as a lineman, you just see the smile. And the crazy thing was, like, it wasn't just linemen. Everyone was pumped about it, you know. Um, we kind of get going with the day. We're fired up, just dialed in. And, you know, it just keeps coming down, keeps coming down. So, uh, you know, everyone's licking their chops, ready to go at it, because, um, like I said, this team just prepares its butt off, and we're eager for every opportunity. And, you know, especially – finally to get that done, finally to get the chance to, you know, redeem ourselves, you know, go out and take it. It was, uh, everyone was just dialed in. That's all I can say. <laughs> when you say it's different, I mean, that's the conversation, you know, we in the fan base and the alumni base and the media have been talking about all year that it's different. What do you mean different? How is it different, this team, from previous? Um, you know, I, people call it teamwork and all that good stuff, and that's really what it is, but it's really just individual relationships between staff members, staff and players, players ourselves. Just there's trust there. There's there's love there. And everything is, you know, done trying to bring up the guy beside you, trying to do your best for the man beside you. And that's, that's top down. And, you know, there's been flashes here and there, but I've never been a part of a – a team, a unit that's been this much of a family with this many like tight relationships, you know, and just guys truly playing for each other. And, um, you know, the execution's just been continuing to get better and better, but, um, everything really stemmed just from that bond that relates those relationships. Do you have any idea what you've done to make me and the rest of Michigan alums happy? Andrew (laughs) Vistardis, do you have any idea? Any, any inkling? Heck, I'm, trust me, I'm I'm just as, if not way more happy because it's been a long time coming, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears from this whole team, mm-hmm. this whole family, and it's just it's right, it's all out in front of us. We just got to take advantage of every opportunity. Yeah, I mean, what's what's the conversation like? You know, there's another game here. You can't take a victory lap. There's there's a there's there's a whole setup that's already happened, and now the opportunity for you to take. What's that conversation like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right you know, you had your 24 hours to celebrate, and it was it was a fun 24 hours. But we walked in the building uh, Sunday afternoon yesterday, and it's just you know back to business. Um, how can we prepare the best way we can? And that's something we've been doing. We've been loving the process, loving preparation, and guys are just right back to where we were. You know, perfect preparation and perfect mindset to get ready for the game. 
And so, like I said, guys are getting dialed in already. It's awesome. I love it. And then the mentality that you had in the third and fourth quarter against Ohio State, Andrew, uh, where Haskins just kept on plowing right behind you guys, uh, Corum as well, um, and the rest of your team pulling together. Did, did you get the sense Ohio State wanted none of that? Did you get that sense third, fourth quarter, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I mean – I'll tell you what, when it's the five linemen blocking and then tight ends blocking and receivers blocking and then running backs just making it happen and taking advantage when we did throw the ball, you know, just we were executing, we were clicking. And I think, you know, you just you get to a point where you run the ball that much, you're just wearing people down. And then, you know, um, I think we just played our football. We played the type of football that we love. We were ourselves. And, you know, that just – it. It's hard to beat when you execute that well. Is this your first NIL deal? Is this your first name, image, and likeness deal, Andrew Vistaris? Uh This is like the second one. Okay. We've been doing some little uh, uh, wings on the side, but, you know, okay. I'm excited for this Some one, wings you know? on the side. <laughs> Here's what we're giving you some glue to go with your wings, sir. And oh, now uh, keep – hey. It's been six years. Got to keep the body together. I love it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Is there anything in your in your world that needs fixing, Andrew? Anything? Oh, shoot. I'll find something. <laughs> okay. Very good. I'm very excited for you. Andrew, thanks very much. Congratulations on the win against Ohio State. You really and the rest of your teammates have made the entire fan base and alumni base so euphoric. And we're even more excited about what's to come this Saturday against the Iowa Hawkeyes and then, you know, knocking on wood beyond. So thank you. Really appreciate yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and thanks for all the support, and go blue. Right back at you. That's Andrew Vistardis, the Gorilla Glue, toughest player on planet Earth for this week. Drew. Oh, how, yeah. How happy is Rich by oh, this Oh, yeah. Man? How happy is this man? Amazing. Who, who me? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I mean, he was already on a high, I right? Know. And now he got who to me? give our, our – something that Just we do that's very now. great. Just who, me? To oh, his man. team? Like, come on. I mean, come on. <laughs> come Honestly, on. Uh, Michigan's going to the Big Ten championship game. Notre Dame's looking for a new head coach, and Ohio State's a basketball school. <laughs> Why wouldn't I be happy? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tom Petty. <laughs>